0: my sweet friends. I feel so fortunate that you're joining me for season two of the Failing Awesomely podcast. My hope is that you can find encouragement while listening to my personal stories of overcoming life's obstacles, whether you're chasing big dreams or just trying to make it through the day as a mama of little ones. I'm excited to bring my friends along to inspire you with their stories as well. Let's empower one another to stop selling ourselves short stop the negative self-talk and focus on what makes us awesome because we all are we are all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of god and it's time we start believing that picture this you've spent all day potty training your two and a half year old and your four month old won't stop crying because sleep regression is in full effect and sleep seems like a distant memory You finally, finally, after two hours of going back and forth from your toddler to your baby, each crying to have you hold them and rock them to sleep just a little longer, you come downstairs to a silent house. You've been pulled and stretched in so many directions. You think you're going to crumble under the guilt and the pressure. And then the flood of impossible love you have for your kids hits you like a Mack truck and you just wanna cry because you feel like you're failing them. How can you not handle this? Is parenthood really this hard for you? How can you be so incompetent? While you're wallowing, you grab a glass and a bottle and start the self-soothing process. It's your chance to feel numb for a little A way to escape and find your off switch. But before you know it, you've finished off three-fourths of a bottle. And you repeat that process again. And again. And again, almost every night. That was my story. I let that pattern be my normal for far too long. If this sounds familiar or hits a nerve, know that you're not alone. And there is another way. On today's episode of Failing Awesomely, my girl, Minnie, Amanda Canner is back on the show to discuss how we as women and mothers are being targeted to use alcohol to de-stress, take our own time out, and practice self-care. Spoiler alert, alcohol can do the exact opposite to a lot of us, especially over time. It does more damage than good if we don't have boundaries that we can easily stick to. Alcohol can lead us down a road to addiction that we never see coming. Because drinking to celebrate, to relax, to unwind, to cope with the challenges of motherhood or stressful jobs, or both, that's all normal in our culture. In fact, it's encouraged. We're here to change the narrative. Vinny, thank you for coming back on the show to talk about this important topic.
1: So happy to touch on this one. I know I told you that getting ready for this episode um, was so frustrating in a, in a few ways. No, it is. It's so frustrating
0: because I feel we're like talk- as we're, we're digging deeper and we're doing more research. We're finding things that now kind of floor us that like like you said before we started recording,
1: these things are considered a joke
0: in our. I culture. think
1: yeah they are, and I think um, I'll get into that with a, a quote that I have to share from the book. But I think the like once you start to open your eyes to this, it just keeps coming, and you realize how prevalent it is in so many aspects of society that it is just everywhere. So in a little bit, I'll talk about some examples I've. Found of marketing directly to women, and some of these are so so ridiculous. Um, I read "Quit Like a Woman" by Holly Whitaker. I saw it on Chrissy Teigen's Instagram, and I ordered it right away. The book is part self help, part recovery. I liked about it. What I liked about it was that it talked about so many aspects. Of drinking in society, and I think it's relatable to a lot of people. Where you're spiraling out of control, and you really don't even realize it um, because it's so normal. And if everybody's doing it, then it's not seen as a problem. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so she, you know, she talks about her relationship with alcohol, and I, like I said, I think it's relatable to a lot of people. If you haven't already evaluated your relationship with alcohol and taking a step back to, you know, see how it's affecting your life. This book will make you do that.
0: Before we really dive into this episode, if this is your first time listening and tuning into the Failing Awesomely podcast, this is actually our second episode discussing mommy wine culture. And alcoholism marketed to women in general. So, if you didn't already, make sure to check out our first episode titled simply Mommy Wine Culture with Amanda Cantor to hear both of our personal stories of our relationships with alcohol over the years and how our culture impacted our decisions to drink beyond moderation. And, Minnie, you and I, you know, we've had so many conversations in recent months about how, how we are targeted. As women, not only by wine and spirits companies, but by society that believes that alcohol is acceptable. And it, it's just a regular part of our daily lives, which for some, not all, but for some of us, that can easily lead to addiction. And that's where it gets serious. And that's where it becomes a problem for most of us. Now, we're not here to judge anybody or to tell you that if you drink it's bad and you automatically have a problem we are well aware that it's not an issue for a lot of people or you know take Minnie for example who has never even liked alcohol but didn't want to be labeled as someone who didn't know how to have fun so she only drank to appeal to others so there are people in that category too and all we want to do here is educate and change the narrative so that sobriety isn't seen as some social death sentence. And also so it's not viewed as a group of alcoholics that are now sober. Sobriety is simply a healthy lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle without alcohol. So, like Amanda said, <laughs> So like Minnie said, over the last few few weeks we have read
1: how <laughs> to correct yourself because she's called me Amanda.
0: <laughs> well, I say it because like I feel like there's a part of me that just automatically like I get on this mic I have this headset and I feel like I have to be somewhat professional even in having just like a typical conversation, especially when I'm not like talking directly at you. but when I say the name Amanda, I'm like, what is that name like it just. <laughs> Feels like it's your name and it's beautiful and there's nothing wrong with Amanda.
1: You gave it to me, so
0: <laughs> yeah. But I just feel like Minnie is like that's the only name you have. So yeah, I wanna uh, I wanna keep Amanda unless I'm talking about something like I mentioned. I you know I, I put your actual name in the title, but other than that, yeah, no. So <laughs> over the last few weeks, like Minnie said, we've been reading these books. One is quit like a woman. Um, I think. Th- What's the full title, Minnie?
1: Quit like a woman. I don't have it with me. Um, the radical choice. Uh, the, I'll go get it. <laughs> you want me to go get it? Yes. Okay. So the book I read was "Quit Like a Woman: The Radical Choice to Not Drink in a Culture Obsessed with Alcohol" by Holly Whitaker. Yes.
0: Yeah, so that is the book that I I have read some of it too, but many focused on quit like a woman i focused on the book drink by ann dowsett johnston and we have just found some really fascinating eye-opening quotes or parts of this book that we read about how marketing in the industry has really led us to believe that we need alcohol to succeed to parent to cope to relax and to be accepted So Minnie, I'm going to give you the mic, so to speak, and let you kind of talk about Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker and some of what you've learned from
1: that and your thoughts. So there were so many parts of this book that when I read it, it really truly was eye-opening. One of the ones that really stuck with me was a part of the book where She's talking about the realization that alcohol is poison. She's talking to a family member about an ill relative. And she says, of course, her throat is destroyed. She drank ethanol for decades. You can't drink the same thing we fuel our cars with and expect a different outcome. And she goes on to include the definition of ethanol um, from Wikipedia and basically sums up that part of the book with, In a society obsessed with buying organic, replacing toxic cleaning supplies, going keto, shunning processed foods, we are literally drinking rocket fuel. And that was really profound to me because when you break it down like that, I don't think a lot of people would see it like that. But that's what it is. It really is a poison. Another part of the book that I really liked was when she said, Moms are so brainwashed into normalizing what amounts to severe drug use. We are literally dressing our babies in clothes to poke fun at it. No one bats an eyelash. We toast and we wink because we are all in on the joke. And it just goes to show how it is such a problem that people don't even really realize that it's a problem because there are so many of us doing it. There are so many of us who buy those marketing products you know, and if you hop on Etsy and do a simple mommy wine search, you know, you have women creating products for other women to keep the fire going. And it's, it's becoming like a never ending vicious cycle. Um, But to say that we are all in on the joke is true. And it's relatable because we both were. And I know that there's a lot of people are. Um, Absolutely. We were, you know, you see a simple, you know, mommy wine juice, like mommy's juice or sippy cups are for Chardonnay or something silly like that. And you laugh about it, not realizing that it's really not funny. Do, Another, you-,
0: do you remember, because when you said that there are actual onesies made for for newborns that celebrate mommy drinking I've seen them but do do you know any off the top of your head that you've seen
1: just Mm -hmm. out of curiosity do you want me to do a quick google search so we have an example
0: yeah maybe just because I feel like that is so when you're looking at it from a different when you're when you're looking at it without your rose colored glasses on you can see it for what it is and it's just it's not
1: right someone get my mom some wine Uh, Future wine snob, auntie's drinking buddy. Um, I'll have a bottle of the house white. Mm. Uh, My mommy loves me more than wine. (laughs) Like, does that need to be on a onesie? It's just crazy to me. It's so easy. You know, I remember
0: seeing these specifically on Pinterest or on Etsy or maybe even Amazon, and. They can seem harmless. You can understand the idea that Holly Whitaker was talking about how we're all in on the joke. It's It's really sad. It's promoting needing alcohol to parent an infant or celebrating alcohol with the clothing on your child. And I, I used to think this, that was hilarious. I don't think I ever had, I don't, I don't know. I So don't quote me on this, but I don't think I ever had a onesie or anything like that for either one of my kids that celebrated wine culture or celebrated alcohol culture on them. But I will say I used to have a t-shirt company called Molly Jane. And I know I had a couple alcohol related shirts. I, I used to think this was super clever. I had I had a shirt that had two champagne glasses clinking and it said mom physique, but like fizz.
1: <laughs> I'm laughing. But I'm laughing at how adorable you thought that was.
0: I, I really I was that I <laughs> gave myself a pat on the back for that one. I was like, that one's good. And but I, I had- think
1: when you can I think when you can look back on those things. We can admit that we would laugh about them. Like I said, we're all in on the joke. You know, I don't have a problem admitting that we were full-fledged victims of mommy wine culture, but I think when you can look back on those things or look at those kind of products and cringe, it really shows a whole level of personal growth.
0: Absolutely. And we're definitely there and and growing and continuing to grow. I think you know, looking back on that. It, I, I did think it was harmless. You know, I did think, you know, moms deserve to celebrate because parenting is hard. And you know what? If you have a very healthy relationship with alcohol, I still don't see a huge problem with it. You know, I I don't see a problem with being able to unwind and go out to eat with a girlfriend and have a glass of champagne after a long hard week or or maybe you haven't seen each other in a month or two and it's like oh my gosh yeah i want to unwind i want to let loose a little bit and have some time together but in this culture it is getting to the point of it being acceptable to have a glass of wine with lunch because your child has been screaming all day and you need a time you need your own time out with mommy juice. That is dangerous. That's not cute. That's not a good joke. It's
1: so not.
0: when it goes from simply using alcohol for a moderative social, you know, dinner or something, or or a glass of wine at the end of a long week, that is healthy in my opinion. That's that that's not there's nothing wrong with that. I wish so so badly I wish that I could do that. So badly I wish that I was one of those people who knew, you know what, if I want a glass or two of wine at the end of the week or if I want to have a glass of champagne to toast at a wedding or, you know, my husband and I probably only get a date night once every few months I mean we we need to work on it even like pandemic or, or no pandemic we're bad at going out on dates like we need to work on it but I, I wish that I could save alcohol for special occasions or like a once a week thing and I probably could do it for like a good few months but then I would slowly think oh I got this I'm okay and I would start slowly, slowly, slowly drinking more and more and more. And that's, that's just my personal story. So I know that I need to stay sober in order to stay true to who I know I want to be and who I know I truly am as a mom, as a friend, as a wife, as a daughter, as child of God, I mean, I, I think about, you know, I, I know that, that God loves me and I know that, you know, Jesus wipes us white as snow, but that, that still doesn't make me feel any less guilty for thinking like, man, like I used to just, I used to be so stretched thin. And at the end of the day, it was kind of like, F it, it's all about me right now. I deserve this. I'm entitled to this.
1: And And I I just
0: want to escape right now. And I deserve to be able to do that. And now I kind of look at that, like how selfish of me.
1: I think what you just described is probably what a lot of people go through where they will save it for just a special occasion. And then I think as time goes on, they sort of like, well, it was a really rough day, so just this once. Today was an exceptionally bad day, so I'm gonna make this exception. And then I think so many exceptions happen that it leads you down a path of drinking more and more regularly and getting you away from really the goal or limit that you set for yourself. Absolutely. And for some people, they just, you know, they can't, they can't stop at just one. And for me, I could stop it. I mean, half. (laughs) (laughs) You could stop at one sip. (laughs) Right. I was always a very slow drinker. And it was a a joke with anyone who has ever had a drink with me that it would take me forever to finish a drink. Um, Because, well, when you don't like something, (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna slip it very slow you don't want to drink so, it. oh yes and then you know by the time I eventually it would get too warm and that would be really disgusting but anyway no I think a lot of people want to have just one and then but they can't and then so that's when you have to make a choice and reevaluate and your relationship with alcohol At- Absolutely, and, and so it's, we're here to normalize sobriety for those people because it's not talked about enough, it's not accepted enough, it's not. We don't want to explain why we don't want to have a drink. Um, no. Like for me, for me, I sometimes struggle with the word sobriety because I feel like it carries along a. It's very presumptuous then that I had a drinking problem. If I say I'm sober, it implies that I had a problem, and I didn't. I at all no I, I had a problem as far as not being able to stop or not being able to only have one I had a problem with the reasons I was even consuming it to begin with but yes and my
0: that is my not drinking one. exactly and that's why we said one of the biggest reasons we want to talk about this is to normalize even the word sobriety it's it doesn't it doesn't mean that someone was an alcoholic necessarily, or even that someone had a problem. It's more, I am making the choice. I'm just not going to drink, you know, and you can call it what you want to. You don't have to say I'm sober. You can say, oh, I don't drink. But no matter what, that still has a, a negative stigma
1: attached to it. It right absolutely now. does last week, I believe was like a national drink wine day. And I was talking to you and I'm like, well, how come we don't hear anything about a sobriety day? And so I'm here to share with you that national sober day is held on September 14th. And we will be celebrating and counting down. (laughs) Yes, we will.
0: We'll be wearing. Actually, right now I'm wearing my No Booze Babes shirt that my mini got for me. So sweet. I shared that on social media, but I was I was so happy to get this shirt and I love it. And I will be I'll be wearing it with bells on on that day. But do you have anything else that you wanted to talk um, about in the book or from?
1: One more quote that I really liked. She said, "Drinking has become so ingrained in the female code." We don't even recognize the nearly endless ways it's pierced our every experience. Wine, spirits, and even beer are a celebrated accessory to having made it as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I connected with that because I think I mentioned in our very first podcast about this, it it made me feel like, well, this is what I should do. It made me feel like an adult-tier adult. I loved that. But yes, alcohol is seen as an accessory. It's a prop. So ads are not just marketing alcohol to women, they're normalizing it. And wine and alcohol is treated like a lifestyle product, like a prop. And there are so many examples of it in our everyday life. Um, There's a product called Chick Beer. The label, you know, pink, it has a little black dress on it. It's marketed as low carb. And the carrier is designed to look like a purse. Hmm. (laughs) Mad housewife offered a mother's day promo, which was a six pack of wine called Mommy's little helper. And then we get, there's some just really crazy, crazy, crazy things out there. A tampon flask. So you (laughs) can hide alcohol and what looks like a tampon because no one's going to touch it.
0: That's like an, a very, uh, if that doesn't scream, I have a problem with alcohol, I don't know what does. That Correct.
1: If you're going I want somewhere it so bad you to, that you need to sneak it in or else you're not going to have a good time.
0: In a tampon
1: flask. A tampon flask. I mean, I imagine you don't want to whip that out. Like, do you do that in a bathroom? So no one thinks you're like sucking on a tampon? Oh my gosh. I don't know how that works. Uh, but it is in stock on Amazon, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: lucky you.
1: Wine glasses that fit an entire bottle of wine. So you can say you only had one glass. Urban Outfitters sold some that said, this is how you adult. Hmm. I used to
0: own one of those. Yeah. I've never. You grew. I did grow. I've never. Well, have I? Did you ever Hmm. use it? I've used it, but I don't think I've put an entire bottle in there. And tr- I—I mean, who's to say I could have? Right. But I don't remember.
1: Oh, let's see—a shower wine glass holder, so they can shove down our throats that wine is needed for self-care. Hmm, yeah, hang some eucalyptus leaves in your shower, and go relax.
0: Yeah, there's there's lots of other forms of self-care. Not saying that wine, like I said, a glass at the end of the week, that, that can be a relaxing form of self-care if you have a good relationship with alcohol. But this is marketing. I I mean, I feel like when you start to market a wine shower rack, you're, you're taking it a step far into the realm of, I I feel like that, I feel like that I would be hiding wine if I did that. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just like with the With the tampon flask and, you know, the shower rack, there's even, you told me about this. I'll let you share it. The, (laughs) what is it?
1: It's called the wine rack where you can drink wine from your bra. You, it comes with like plastic. It looks like a sports bra. It comes with like a plastic (laughs) insert that you fill with wine um, and a tube. So, as you drink your wine, people can watch your boobies deflate. <laughs> what a win win. That one cracks me
0: up. You sent me pictures Honestly. too. And I was like, what? Honestly. Is this
1: thing? Oh my goodness. And then, oh. uh, you know, there are a, a simple wine search of a simple search on Etsy of, you know, mommy wine will yield. Endless list results. But now I'm seeing you, where you can buy custom labels for wine bottles um, that say things such as pairs well with motherhood. Um, they have sets for new moms uh, that say baby's first blowout, mommy's first temper tantrum, baby slept through the night. So you can now have a bottle of wine for every milestone that your baby hits. So if that's not trying to encourage you to get any possible reason or excuse to drink I don't know what it is. It absolutely does. And
0: I I said this in our in our last podcast episode about this. And 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 I, I want to reiterate, look, we're we're not trying to be the fun police here and say that yeah, because I know some people are probably listening listening to this thinking that we're prudes and that
1: we're really fun at a party. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And that you know we can't take a joke. I I I get it to a certain extent. But you have to realize especially coming from me. I have I I haven't hit rock bottom. Well, no, I have. I've hit rock bottom not in the way some people would think, but and I'm going to get serious here. I've hit rock bottom to the point where I got breast cancer at 34 freaking years old. And I do, I know that alcohol, my alcohol use was a factor. I don't necessarily think it was the entire reason I got it, but I know it was a factor. So that's my rock bottom. And that's why I can sit here and talk about this and tell you these things aren't funny. Sure, maybe they're they're meant to be harmless jokes, but it can create true addiction In mothers taking care of little kids, it makes it acceptable. I know for me, there were plenty of times where I thought, am I drinking too much? Is this a lot? And one little internet search or one little flick through Pinterest, and I would feel so much better because... I would feel like, no, my drinking's not bad. It's normal. Everybody else is celebrating the hardship of motherhood. Everybody else is drinking because it's difficult to, to parent little kids. So I'm normal. This isn't a problem. And
1: that is dangerous. And how many articles are out there, countless articles, of the benefits of wine, health benefits, of wine. Yes. I read one last week on national wine day about how it it can prevent and treat depression. I wanted to scream. It can also do
0: the exact opposite.
1: I don't believe it can, it can, you can can increase depression. You can throw any one of these benefits at me. And for every benefit you give me, there's of reason to not drink at all because the risks and all of that outweigh any of these so-called benefits that they're trying to justify drinking with.
0: Yes. In fact, in the book, Drink, Anne talks about that particular topic and she brings up how a quick Google search and you can find out all these wonderful health benefits of wine. And I will get to that in a little bit. So in my book, Drink by Anne Dowsett Johnston. She really took it a step further to truly, and I I, th- I think Holly Whitaker taps into a lot of health health risks too, but Anne really dives deep into it. And the 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 first quote that she said that really stuck out to me is, "Is alcohol the new tobacco? In many ways, it is a multi." billion-dollar international industry dealing with market-friendly governments enjoying a virtually unrestricted market for advertising, despite growing evidence that the substance has significant health risks. And then she quotes David Jernigan, director of the Center of Alcohol Marketing and Youth. He says, it's just like Virginia Slim's. Alcohol is a carcinogen, and it's particularly risky for women breast cancer is the poster child for that position. But the alcohol industry is selling young women on the notion that only really, really good things happen when there's alcohol. And to have really, really good things happen, you have to drink. Boy, is that (laughs) true and so true for me. Like I said before, if this is your first time listening to this, I got diagnosed with, with breast cancer just a little over a year ago on February 10th, 2020, and had to go through treatment and surgery during a global pandemic. It is not fun. You don't want this to happen to you. So that speaks volumes to me. The next quote that I really want to introduce to you guys and talk about is, the environment is challenging witness the rise in alcohol marketing, the feminization of the drinking culture. Women need a break. They feel they deserve a break. And if drinking is about escape, it's also about entitlement and empowerment. That completely sums up what I was trying to say earlier. And I don't think I did a good job of it where I felt like my day, I felt so selfish. Like my day is so hard. I am entitled to this. I am entitled to be able to escape my life for a bit because right now I'm in a tough season. And that perfectly describes exactly what the alcohol industry and the mommy wine culture does for us. It promotes that. It promotes that self-empowerment. Like it, it feeds the you, it feeds the ego. And I, I'm, you know, we're probably going to get some backlash for, for saying all that we're saying. I'm not trying to beat down the feminists of the world. I'm just here to say that it doesn't, it doesn't have to be all about you. Like the world is not all about you. It does not revolve around you. What we do and what we say affects other people around us. And there's if that. Go ahead. No, go.
1: There's a classic, very cliche saying where you can't control what happens, but you can control how you react to it. Absolutely. So you may have, we all, you know, the bad days come. Kids can be cranky, kids can be hard, but don't use that as your justification to overindulge in alcohol.
0: Yeah, exactly. This next quote really goes into what you were saying, Minnie, about how if you do a quick Google search, you can find all these articles about the health benefits of wine specifically. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't any health benefits, but I really liked how Anne talked about it in the book. She says, Walk into most social gatherings, and the first thing you're asked is, red or white? In fact, we live in a culture where knowing your wines is a mark of sophistication. And thanks to media reports of the past several years, we have happily absorbed the news that drinking has its health benefits. For many, red wine ranks up there with vitamin D, omega-3s, and dark chocolate. If one glass is good for you, a double dose can't do much harm, can it? Actually, a double dose has its drawbacks. The largest health benefits comes from one, uno, one drink every two days. Which raises a simple question: Why are we aware of the dangers related to trans fats and tanning beds and blissfully unaware of the more serious side effects associated with our favorite drug? And alcohol is, it's our favorite drug. In our society.
1: It is. And you know what? I don't even think that a lot of people consider it a drug.
0: No, I used to never. I mean, I knew you could get addicted to alcohol, but it's not. It's it's a, what is it? It's a legal drug. So it's not necessarily <laughs> a drug drug.
1: And everyone's doing it.
0: Everyone's doing it. But I... I like that Anne touched on, look, there are health benefits to red wine specifically, but in these studies, it's drinking one glass. And what they mean by one glass is one, I think four ounces is a true glass of wine. I could be wrong. Maybe it's six. So don't quote me. I thought it
1: was five. So.
0: Maybe it's five. I think, okay. I think a true, a true glass of wine, like one serving of wine is four to six ounces. And they're saying that these health benefits are drinking one single glass every couple of days. So not even drinking a glass a day, you know, not drinking multiple in one day. So when you, when you're, trying to trick your brain into thinking like, oh, there's health benefits in red wine. So I can drink red wine. It, it's, a, it, it's a diuretic. It's this, it's that. You, know, you have to actually do the homework to know how you're getting these health benefits and how much you can consume to actu- actually benefit from the health benefits. And if you're drinking more than that, you're getting way more problems than benefits.
1: And really, any health benefits that you can get from Fred wine, you can probably get from other sources that isn't a drug. Well, absolutely. yeah, you can you can get all Thanks. of
0: those health benefits from things that don't contain rocket fuel.
1: Yes, go to Jancy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the last quote I wanted to share from the book "Drink," and says, Here are the questions we need to be asking. Has alcohol become the modern woman's steroid, enabling her to do the heavy lifting necessary in an endlessly complex world? Is it the escape valve women need in the midst of a major social revolution still unfolding? How much of this is marketing? How much is the need to numb? As a culture, we're living in major denial. It's time for an adult conversation. It's time for the dialogue to begin. And I think we're doing exactly that, Minnie. We are. So today, you know, we've been shoving down your throat all the reasons that we're being tar- targeted. And, you know, I, I I feel like there can be an, a lot of negativity surrounding this topic in the beginning. If you're somebody who maybe you've kind of questioned your alcohol usage or maybe you're somebody who you think you've got a handle on it and you're just listening to this because you're curious and you're like these chicks are crazy I you know I would never be friends with these girls they're out there mind. like they can't take a joke they're this they're that We're, we appreciate you no matter where you are but if you are someone who is curious about this we'd love to talk to you we'd love to reach out Share our stories, you know, if you if you feel comfortable sharing yours with us or have any questions about how we kind of figured out if, if we had a problem. I know may, many of you didn't, but I, I clearly did. So we're here. We are available. We want to be available because not only do we – we don't just want to talk at people. We want to change the narrative by helping people. And in, a, in another episode, we're going to talk about – ways that you can kind of evaluate your drinking to figure out, am I overindulging? Do I have a problem? Or do I maybe just have to take a step back? Y- you might just be somebody who maybe maybe you're just curious and you're just thinking, maybe I just have to take a step back, take some time and, and not drink, detox, and then Drink more moderately. Maybe have a glass every couple of days. If you can get there and you can form that healthy relationship, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you feel that your drinking has gone beyond that, we're here for you. We're here to talk about this. We're not going to stop talking about it. And we hope that through this, that you've learned a lot. You've learned something.
1: We're not... We're, we're certainly not trying to talk down to anybody. Absolutely not. Um, we're just we're here to inform. Not licensed. Anything. <laughs> no, we're, we're not here licensing. What? Wait, hold on. <laughs> we are not licensed alcohol evaluators. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I'm keeping that. I'm not editing that out. I've just got to tell y'all. We have had to stop, I don't know how many times during this episode, to try to form sentences. I don't know what is going on. I don't know if it's our age or we're just tired. We have not been drinking, obviously. Let
1: this be proof that you do not need alcohol to have fun.
0: (laughs) (sighs) But anyway, wrapping this up, I'm I'm glad we could have a laugh because I want to end this episode A little bit more lighthearted for me. I I think this question probably comes up to a lot of people because I know it it did for me several times when way before I ever truly stopped drinking or thought even really got serious about thinking about becoming sober. I thought, oh man, if I stop drinking, you know, what what do I do? What do I drink if there's a, a party? I know we're not really gathering too much right now at least a lot of people but what do i drink if i if i go to somebody's house or go out to eat and we're used to having alcohol together like what do i do do i just am i the oddball at a party and i only drink bottled water but the answer is no absolutely not there are so many amazing mocktail alternatives and, and we're picky We were very picky about the taste and, and everything, but you can BY, BYOB your next post-pandemic gathering or go to a restaurant and get something non-alcoholic get. I mean, I know it's, it it sounds so juvenile to ask for a virgin something, virgin daiquiri or virgin pina colada. But the way I would ask is, could I have a non-alcoholic whatever? whatever that may be, or some sort of spritzer or something, but there are a lot of these non-alcoholic options now, and they are making their way into bars and restaurants too, which is so exciting. And I want to share just a few of them that many and I have tried that we really, really, really like. The first one is Spirity Cocktails, and you can get these, I think, exclusively on Amazon. And what's great is you, if you have a Prime account, you can get them, uh, Primes, so you can get them in just a couple of days. Their flavors are Mindful Margarita, Mindful Mule, and Mindful Negroni. I have not had the Negroni, but the Margarita and the Mule, they are really, really, really good. A four-pack is, is $14.99. So it's a really good price. In one can, I can make two drinks. So it's it's eight drinks for 15 bucks. The next one that I really started loving is Mingle Mocktails. And they are drinks, but they come in wine size bottles. So it's not these little drink cans it's you're actually getting a full bottle of this beverage and they have cranberry cosmo cucumber melon mojito moscow mule and blackberry hibiscus bellini the only one i've tried so far is the cranberry cosmo and it was so good so refreshing it was sweet but not too sweet because i can't handle too sweet drinks it was perfect I found this for under $9 a bottle at our local giant grocery stores. You can also buy this at Whole Foods for about $9 a bottle. That is the cheapest you can get it on Amazon and on minglemocktails.com. You can get four packs for $48, bucks, which ends up being $12 a bottle, which still isn't bad because you know your average inexpensive bottle of wine is about $12. Bucks. So- again, it doesn't contain alcohol. So it's the same price as an alcoholic wine, essentially, but it's, it's a great alternative that tastes really, really good. And one that I have not tried, but you have, and I I ordered, I placed my first order. I have not gotten it, gotten it yet, but it's Nope drinks. And Amanda, could you talk a little bit about Nope and uh, the order that you got and what
1: you thought? Okay. So I have tried the Nope uh, the no beverages and they come, there's four flavors. They have mango margarita with jalapeno, a raspberry lime, ginger beer, the strawberry basil smash, and a rosemary vanilla lemonade. Um, you can buy each individual flavor as a four pack, or you can get a variety pack with one of each flavor. So I did the variety pack of one of each flavor. I wanted to try them all. Um, my two favorites were definitely the raspberry lime ginger beer and the mango margarita with jalapeno, um, which I'm really so really,
0: excited to try. I really, one. really
1: love those. Um, and I will definitely be ordering more. So I was actually messaging back and forth with the founder of Nope on Instagram. Her name is Beth Ann. And she was just asking herself, how can she make a booze free lifestyle more fun and flavorful? And Nope was born. I believe she is located, um, in Maryland. So I know if you're located in Maryland, I know she stocks this in boutiques and things like that. Um, I ordered mine online. The shipping was, um, it shipped the same day and I had it in my door at my door within a day or two. I was messaging her. We were talking on Instagram the other night and she was saying how she just started stocking it in a liquor store. And I thought that was really interesting. So She explained to me how she wants there to be more non-alcoholic options in her liquor store. She wants there to be options. You know, a guy, he might be going to pick up something for himself, but hey, he's got a pregnant wife at home. And so I just love that we are putting the non-alcoholic options out there. Um, So 10 out of 10 definitely would recommend. I love her. I love her drinks. And I will definitely absolutely order more.
0: Yes, they run... I think $20 for a four-pack plus shipping. And you can get those at drinknope.com. The one thing that I love so much about these because I follow them on Instagram is every single can has a message on the back of it that says, like, for example, one of them says, want to wake up with a misspelled face tattoo? Nope. And so it's basically saying... I'm not drinking tonight because I don't want to do something stupid. There's another one that talks about, you know, want to drunk text your ex? Nope. It's so fun. The packaging is so cute and adorable. I'm going to have all the information about all of these mocktails listed in the description below. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you have questions, please Email failing awesomely podcast at gmail.com or message me or Minnie on Instagram. Minnie, you're at it's Amanda Canner, right? Yes. Yep. And I'm at Lindsay H. Garcia or at failing awesomely. Again, I'll have all that information in the show notes. But this has been great. This is, you know, this is a part of the conversation that seemed kind of technical. And I was so looking forward to this episode, but. I know that we threw out a lot of information. I hope that you join us and want to, want to continue on this journey where we're still learning and growing through sobriety. I mean, I'm, as of today, actually, I'll look at the app. I'll tell you. I have this app that my husband found. This app is called I Am Sober. So I am 74 days sober, and it, that's about 10, 10 and a half weeks. So I am, I'm still at the beginning of this. Talking about it is part of my accountability. And that's why I want to continue talking about this and educating others. And I'm so thankful, Minnie, that I have you alongside me doing this with me, talking about this with me, being able to be open and and share your story and share our journey through this. Like I said, next time, I I think we're gonna talk a little bit more about how to kind of evaluate your own drinking to figure out if this is something that's a problem or if maybe you just need to make some changes. But I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to this show and be a part of this sober journey with us. And thanks, Minnie, for, for being on. Of
1: course. All fun as always.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Failing Awesomely podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so blessed and honored if you would subscribe and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The amazing beautiful people over at drinknope.com extended an incredible offer to us. Order now through March 8th using coupon code FAILINGAWESOMELY and receive 15% off your order of nope beverages. Since recording this show, I got my first shipment of nope drinks and I've got to tell you they are delicious. I'm a margarita girl, so I'm a big fan of the mango margarita with jalapeno. It is delicious. Honestly, one of the best margaritas I've had. And I'm so thankful it doesn't have any alcohol in it. My husband really loves the raspberry lime ginger beer. My brother loves the strawberry basil smash, and my mom loves the rosemary vanilla lemonade. So there's something for everybody. You can find a flavor that you love so don't wait visit drinknope.com for 15 percent off your order using coupon code failing next week is going to be a tough episode for me to record and release but god has let it be known that it's time for me to openly share my personal story of the time i was sexually assaulted 13 years ago my hope in sharing not only this story but all of my trials is so that I can help someone feel less alone. I can maybe reach someone who has never had a friend to turn to about their own struggles with past trauma. I'm here to tell you, I see you, you're not alone. I got you if you want to let me in. Thanks again, sweet friends. Go out into the world today, releasing your past to Jesus. And living in the now, he has already paved for you. Be well, be awesome.